Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog guardians. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm a certified professional dog trainer and I take my 10 years of training experience and I share easy to implement dog training advice with an emphasis on kindness and compassion. Welcome. I'm so excited to share more. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. If you are new around here, welcome to the podcast. It is hard to believe that I have been making this podcast for several years now. Um, I really just decided one day that a podcast might be a good way to share educational dog training related content. And here we are to almost 300 episodes. So if you are a new listener, if you're a longtime listener, I am so delighted to have you here. And I'm really looking forward to the future of Disorderly Dogs. Today's episode, I'm going to talk about transactional learning, but I've got all kinds of amazing episodes planned for the future. Next week will be another case study episode with one of my lovely clients. But if you are a longtime listener and maybe you're looking for a specific topic, first go to the Disorderly Dogs website, disorderlydogs.com, and use the search function. I have done a lot of podcast episodes at this point, so it's likely that maybe I've created that episode for you. If I haven't yet, on the Disorderly Dogs website, there is a topic suggestion box and you can leave a suggestion there. And if I do a podcast episode about your topic, I will be to be sure to shout you out and thank you for the idea. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about transactional learning. And if you're a longtime listener, I've, I've touched on many of the concepts that I'm going to talk about today, but I'm going to address them from this lens today, right? The transactional learning. And as many of you know, my podcast topic ideas typically come to me when I'm out walking my own dogs. <laughs> and this podcast topic is no exception. So I was thinking about this, right? I, I was out, I was walking Spicy and Waylon, and we just go for like our neighborhood sniffy strolls. So I have lots of time to think because they don't need a lot of management. And I was thinking about how so much of the training that I teach is transactional learning. Of course it is, right? Positive reinforcement. We have to give the dog something to increase the probability of behavior. And while that's something that obviously we're going to continue to utilize, I think that there's also this other aspect of like learning and training that isn't as transactional, okay? It isn't as you do this so that you get that. And it, it really made me think. So in Waylon's early days... I think that I did a lot more transactional learning than I did with Spicy, meaning that I focused so much on like he was amazing and he got lots of reinforcement for that, right? Like lots of cookies, um, lots of access to things. And while that was an effective strategy, Waylon's a fantastic dog and he has lovely training, I took a different approach with Spicy, one that was less rooted in the transactional element and one that is more rooted in the connection and being present element. So Spicy is over a year old now. And in her early days, of course, I used positive reinforcement. Of course I did, right? We did like lots of cookies. But I feel like Spicy and I were able to develop more of a rapport and like a communication and understanding that wasn't as based in the transactional learning. Like she wasn't necessarily concerned about getting 
paid via treats from me. She was just delighted to have my attention and be able to spend time with me. And I think that there are so many different personality types of dogs, right? I'm sure those of you listening, you can probably like <laughs> really apply these to many of the dogs that have you, you have cared for or owned over the years. But I have found that for spicy, well, of course, we're still doing plenty of transactional learning, okay? Like she is getting tons of cookies for, for performing behaviors I want her to. I find that I don't have to use them quite as much. And then I'm able to communicate and get her to do what I need her to without it being transactional. And I think that this is something that gets like really misleading and confusing because there's a subset of the dog training community that says that dogs never need treats and they should be able just to work for you. And while that can't be completely true because like, of course, dogs need to be compensated for doing things that we want. I do think that there is a bit of this gray area, right? Where positive reinforcement, as I'm calling it, transactional learning here, right? The transactional learning is a very important and effective tool, right? For teaching our dogs behaviors, for modifying behavior, and one that we're obviously not going to get rid of. But I do think that there is a certain point in which we can overdo the transactional learning and we can diminish some of the connection and communication that is less black and white. And I think that ideally there's a very happy medium, right, where we can accomplish outcomes we want with our dogs by using a combination of just connecting with our dogs and being a trustworthy ally from their perspective, but also making sure that we are fairly compensating them for the things we're asking them to do. And again, I think that every dog is different and maybe the balance isn't 50-50 for your dog, right? And I think that for Waylon as an individual, it is much more transactionally based than it is connection-based. And Waylon and I have a great relationship, right? Like he's my bud. We snuggle all the time. We have a great relationship. But like when we are out in the world and we're doing things and I need him to respond to cues, that connection isn't enough, right? Like the transactional element of it is what continues his ability to respond to the cues I'm giving him, okay? And so for Waylon and I, the, the transactional element of our relationship and our training is probably higher than the connection, right? And then when I'm when I'm talking about spicy, it's a little bit more 50-50, right? Like when spicy and I are out in the world together and I ask her to do something, she doesn't need it to be transactional necessarily. She's kind of just happy to accept that I've asked her to do something and she trusts me enough just to do it and she will go along with it. And she's not worried about the transaction, right? She's happy just to move on, right? I've asked her to do the thing and she does it and we just move on. While Waylon, if I ask him to do a thing, especially a thing that is more difficult for him, he definitely was like, um, excuse me, <laughs> you need to pay up. I did the thing that you asked. And I think that there's probably a lot of contributing factors to what I'm expressing that I'm experiencing with my dogs here, right? 
And I'm sure some of you that are listening that are maybe professional trainers, maybe you have a lot of behavior experience, maybe a lot of behavior education, I'm sure you could put specific labels, (laughs) right, to all the things that I'm talking about. But the reason I wanted to do this episode is that when I first started my dog training career, it was always transactional, right? Like pay them for a job well done, continue to pay them. And while I haven't wavered on that per se, I think that I have a, I've, I have more of an appreciation for some of the learning that takes place, the communication that takes place between humans and dogs that isn't necessarily transactional, right? It's not we recall the dog and they get paid for it right? Sometimes it's we recall the dog and the dog's happy just to come and they don't need to be reinforced for that, right? They're just happy to move on. And I think that we have to be careful as we're approaching our training and our training plans with our dogs and understanding that like, yes, there are loads of situations, probably more situations than not, where we need to utilize positive reinforcement. We need to utilize transactional learning. But I want to encourage you to look at some of those scenarios where maybe it doesn't need to be transactional. Maybe you can literally just be present for your dog and support them in that moment. And then you can move on together. And as many of you know, right, I've specialized in reactivity for basically my whole career. <laughs> so like going on 12 years. And While the dogs who are not willing to work for food are few and far between, right? Like they really are. And a lot of the dogs that come to me who are not willing to work for food, we get them there. There are still those situations where that dog is not going to work for food and transactional learning isn't going to be an effective strategy to prevent reactivity. And sometimes just being present and and talking our dogs through it, it can be enough. And that is something that early on in my career, I was like, no, it's very black and white. We're modifying behavior. We need to use reinforcements and it needs to be transactional. And I'm, I'm definitely seeing more and more examples of this in my career, especially as of lately, where humans that are very connected with their dogs, right? Like they are present, they have a really nice relationship. We can utilize that in place of transactional learning oftentimes to still get to desirable outcomes. And I think we just have to be honest that there is, it's it's not black and white, right? Like there definitely is learning and communicating and training that is taking place that isn't necessarily transactional. Right. I think that there's maybe an innate reinforcement for certain dogs and just being present and being with their people. And I think that dogs can be both. Right. Like I think Waylon can be both. There are certainly certain circumstances where me just being present and being with him is totally sufficient and he doesn't need to be paid. It doesn't need to be transactional. But I think that that's less than it is with spicy. And obviously, they're different dogs. I've learned a lot since Waylon was a puppy that Spicy definitely got to benefit from, right? While they're the same breed, they are not actually related, right? They're the same breed, American Staffordshire Terrier, but they are different. 
And I think that Spicy has taught me a lot about how if we can spend the time being nice to our puppies or being nice to our adolescent dogs. If you have not listened to the episode about being nice to puppies, you should. I talk all about this in more depth and detail. But I think that the more that we can do that, the more that it opens up the possibilities to do this communicating and training that isn't transactional. It's more... It's more organic, right? Like we can just move with it and ask the dog to do things and they can just do things and we can move on. And I'm really grateful for that lesson, right? And it does not make me wish that I did things differently with Waylon um, because Waylon's amazing. He's so good. He wants things to be transactional. He wants to be paid for them. And that's cool. I'm like, I'm super happy to do that. Um, but spicy is different than that, right? Like, well, yes, of course, there's still a lot of learning and things that I do with her that's transactional. I I don't always reach for those as the first mode, right? Like oftentimes, especially when I'm like just out on like our neighborhood walks with the dogs and spicy like checks in, I just talk to her, hey girl, how you doing? And she kind of wiggles and she's excited and that's all that we need. And then we go forth. But when Waylon was Spicy's age, if he offered his attention, oh my God, are you kidding me? I wasn't going to miss an opportunity to reinforce that behavior with food because he, he didn't offer it to the same extent, right? And every dog is an individual. Every human is an individual. And there's always going to be different dynamics and different um, priorities and things that don't matter. But I want you to consider this, right? Like in your relationship with your dog, are there certain habits or routines that you're in with them where it's super transactional and maybe it doesn't need to be right or are there certain situations where you're asking your dogs to do things and you don't want it to be transactional but maybe it needs to be <laughs> and I see I think that some things that you can look at right so definitely on the you're not letting it be transactional it should be <laughs> if you want your dog to consistently do something and they are not consistently doing it that's definitely when you should shift to transactional learning <laughs> okay so when you should definitely be reinforcing with whatever you, your dog finds reinforcing right pets or treats or access or whatever you should definitely be utilizing that because it's a very effective strategy to increase the likelihood of your dog performing the behavior you want them to right but something that I've been reevaluating with Waylon is that when I'm out with him and he offers his attention, especially in environments where there's not a lot going on, I'm, I'm avoiding some of the transactional learning and inviting him to connect and be present with me in that moment. That's not about getting paid for doing a behavior. It's more about being with me in that moment. And it's not always effective, <laughs> Sometimes he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be all mushy right now, lady. I'm trying to sniff. <laughs> and I'm, accept I'm accepting that. And it's really funny because oftentimes when I'm trying to like invite Waylon to connect with me, Spicy's like, ooh, mommy, what are we doing? So usually I get reinforced anyways, even if Waylon blows me off. And some dogs are just going to be like that. Some dogs are not going to be interested in that level of like <laughs> connection and being present together because they're like, uh, forget you. There's all this other stuff going on. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like that's totally okay. But definitely in these like lower distracted environments where Waylon isn't like overstimulated by wildlife or anything like that, <laughs> I'm definitely spending more time reaching for that like connection and being present with him than I am reaching for the transactional learning. Right. And that's not because I don't want to use cookies because y'all know I'm a proud cookie pusher. I'm a snack leader. Okay. I love that. I will use food reinforcers 
forever for all of my dogs, but I have definitely been shifting some of those moments of like, do, does this need to be transactional? Do I need to pay him with food for this right now? Maybe not. Maybe I can just invite him to be with me and we can share a nice moment together before we carry on on our walk, right? And there's definitely times where I don't ask Waylon to do that because I know he's going to be like, mm, no, right? Like if we're in the woods and he just saw a moose, forget it. He doesn't want to be present. It needs to be transactional and that's fine. We're very good at that. And, you know, it's every dog is an individual, right? And maybe your dog is somewhere in the spectrum. Maybe your dog is the Wayland side of the spectrum. Maybe your dog is the spicy side of the spectrum. I don't think that either are better or worse, right? They're just their own unique selves. But I think that it is true, right? That sometimes it doesn't need to be about transactional learning right? And again, I love using food as a reinforcer. I love using toys as a reinforcer. I love doing transactional learning and clicker training and things like that. It's very valuable and we need it. But I think when we're talking about just like the day-to-day of navigating our lives with our dogs, I think that there's a lot of circumstances where we can still work together with our dogs. We can still get to desired outcomes, but it doesn't have to be transactional necessarily. So everyone, let me know what you think about this podcast episode. Take a screenshot of it. Tag me on Instagram. What do you think? Transactional? Connection? Communication? Can we do it all? I think we can. All right, everyone. Have a beautiful weekend. Smooch those puppies for me. And I am already looking forward to the next episode. There are loads of ways to support this podcast. Many of you have left reviews. Many of you have shared this podcast with your friends and family. But we've created another way for you to support this podcast by making a monetary financial contribution. You can choose from a one-time contribution or making a small monthly contribution to continue to make disorderly dogs possible. You can learn more at the link in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.